Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, Brian, welcome back from D.C. I know, man. We had an absolute ball. I didn't want to come back, man. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we have an awesome, awesome show tonight. I'm so glad that we finally got uh, this this brother that we have on. I'm not going to say his name yet, Brian. I'm going to let you do that when you introduce him in a little bit. But I tell you what, it's going to be a treat for everybody. And I've been telling everybody all day, everybody's been emailing me, well, Greg, what is he going to talk about? What is this thing about history? I said, well, just listen in to the show. Make sure you have a pen and a pad so you can take some notes. But, Brian, back to you being in D.C. Everybody that I spoke with that went to D.C., they all talked about writing a book. They want to write a book because of the history of what just happened. I can tell you, you know, when people ask me about my experience there, I couldn't even put it into words. Mm. I could not put it into, you know, words of, you know, of what we did. You know, I told them about where we went and everything else, but it was just the experience was indescribable. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was hard to really, really actually just tell everybody exactly how it made you feel. And, Brian, the the wonderful thing about what you just said, I was speaking with a, a lady today. One of our friends used to be on the show, and she's coming back on February 23rd. Mm-hmm. That's on a Monday. Her name is Elizabeth Atkins. She's, she's a best-selling author. And, Brian, just like some of the things that we talked about the other day, we were asking questions. You know, we were just throwing these questions around. Do you dream of becoming a published author, but you're scared to try? You know, that type of thing. And, and Elizabeth, I spoke with her today, and she said, if anybody out there, they want to write a book, but they don't know where to start. They can contact me. Brian, she's what you call a ghost writer. And you can mm-hmm. check her website out at www.elizabethatkins.com. And I'll spell that. It's E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H, Atkins, A-T-K-I-N-S, dot com. And you can also call her at 313-492-5718. And, Brian, guess what? She wrote a book with uh, our, our, our good friend, Mr. Billy D. Williams. <laughs> That's so right. she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. She's, she's very seasoned at this thing. She can even help you as far as being a writing coach because there's so many of us out there, Brian, that we have all this stuff bottled up inside of us, like our guest tonight. I know, but see, he, he, he's, he's not going to have that problem getting the information out. No, not at all, not, not no, at all. Not. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian, that I can truly say. Yeah, it, you, she's written over 12 books. Mm-hmm. And you can go on her website or just Google her name, and one of her books, Brian, is White Chocolate. Yeah. And the other one is Dark Secret. But that's mm-hmm. just to get the people out there, to, you know, to get their appetite wet so they can go out there and check her out. But I'm going to go back over this again, and, Brian, we have another announcement that we'll make a little bit later in the show but, Brian, I'm ready to talk with our guest tonight. He's an yes, awesome, sir, absolutely. awesome, yeah, yeah, you know, awesome man. I, we actually had the opportunity of sitting with our guest during a roundtable discussion about what to do with our youth. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, you know, perfect that we invited him on the show to talk to us. You know, I, I, I really appreciated his comments. The one thing that I that I did you know, take away from the conversations that I had with him is that he is definitely genuine and honest. And, you know, he doesn't, from what I could tell, he doesn't pull any punches. He tells you the absolute truth. Mm-hmm. And he does it in a way where you're not offended, disrespected, mm-hmm. but that you're actually become, have, you know, you become encouraged by it. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I'd like to... uh Bring on the show with us tonight, Mr. Lamar Thomas. Praise <laughs> the Lord and good afternoon. Yeah, let me say afternoon. this before. Let me say this, Brian, before you ask your question. You know, so many of us we're we're worrying about the economy. We're, we're worrying about what society says that we can overcome and what the things that we can't overcome. We've just witnessed history. We've just witnessed 
something that I really didn't like hearing people say, uh, Reverend Thomas. I, I didn't like hearing people say that when they were asked about Obama being president. I heard so many people say, I didn't believe it until today. I didn't believe. I never thought I would see it in my lifetime. I never thought this. And, and that really stuck with me. And I heard preachers say, I never thought that it would happen. I never thought it would happen in my lifetime. What does that well, say you, about their faith? Well, you know just as well as I do that there's nothing new. And when we really look at society and we really look at the world, we really know, those of us that are true believers, know that there's nothing new going on in the land. And for us to say that we didn't believe or we didn't think something like this should happen, that means, right off the bat, to me, that we're not in touch with our true source. Thank you. Because yes. he said in his word that there will come a time when the, the miracles that he did, we would be we would be able to do even greater. Yes. 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 And, 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 Brian, I want to say this, too. No matter what a person has done in their life, and, you know, Ms. Thomas, we've talked about this, no matter what a person has done in their life, they can get back up and they can change it and they can be uh, who they were really created to be. What happened to them, and it may have been some stupid mistakes, they may have been weak at the time and did some things in their past, but they just don't know how to uh, rebound and get back to where they should have been. What what can they do to kick the path and leave it there? Well, you know, like I told you earlier, we have to go back to the beginning. Um, for the believers and those that have been called to minister and be a light to the others out there, even when we lose our way sometimes, well, you know, we're, we're the carnal mind is set in, we have to go back to the beginning. Remember, in the very beginning, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. A lot of times, you know, our carnal minds get in the way and our perception. He tells us our ways are not his ways, and we get lost. A lot of people right now, if, if they haven't been spiritually rooted in an area where they have seen and witnessed the true move of God, then they don't have anything in it, a solid foundation to stand on. And that's what we're witnessing right now all across this land, all across the world. People don't have a solid foundation, let alone a spiritual foundation. Amen? Amen. I agree. You know, that's one thing that I've learned when, uh, especially with dealing with our youth, that many of them, uh, I won't say that. I, I, I disagree. I, I'm actually disagreeing with myself. Hey, that's something. You know, I was going to say that many of them don't have a solid foundation. But what I what I meant to say was, many of them don't know how to pull from the foundation that's set before them. You know, how can we teach our youth to pull from a foundation? You know, because as, as adults, for the most part, we understand what a foundation is, and we understand how to build upon that foundation. But our youth, you know, when they get into times of trouble, when they get in times of, you know, dis, you know, distress and despair, you know, how can we teach them how to pull from what they learn from their foundations that are set before them? Well, one of the things that I see out there right now that we're dealing with is how can you go to a source that you don't know? When a lot of the parents right out there right now that never knew Christ, that never really knew true love, that never really had a, a true understanding of what life was all about, how can they teach? We have a lot of our young people, let me just tell you this right here. One of the one things that I that really makes me afraid and I really don't like to hear young people say is I don't care. When when you hear our youth or uh, when you hear young people say, I don't care, what that means to me is they're saying that that I don't care. They don't have that, that self-esteem. They don't have that realism in their life where they know what they're doing matters. And they're saying, they're telling you right to your face that, you know, they'll do what any means necessary, whatever they have to do to deal with whatever situation comes, for us killing, stealing, robbing, or whatever. And that's sad. Where if the, those values 
those values. Let's go back to to the point where in, in the beginning, when 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 we were coming up, when we had that relationship in the communities, where when the pastor really had a voice in the community, not just at the church, but in the community, where after the pastor had preached on Sunday, he was able to go out into the community, maybe go to Sister Johnson's house or somebody else's house and have that fellowship, that Cornelia fellowship where people respected that. That that trickled down down into the men adults, on down into the young adults, on on down into the children. And to a point where that, that kind of self esteem was instilled into them where that kind of attitude of I just don't care never really came out. Not the way that it does today. Yeah, you know, and, and I guess I asked that question because, you know, we do see a lot of kids that would say, I don't care, what's the big deal, you know. And to me it seems like I think we sort of, we've lost our way. And I guess that's the easy way to say it. As a people, because we haven't taught our children how to pull from that foundation or how to get through those trying times. Well, the Scripture tells us we suffer from lack of knowledge. And, if, you know, me growing up over in Gadsden County and everything and growing up with a kind of an athlete mentality, being the best at everything I could do, especially when it came to playing ball, was all I really knew. So once you start to grow with that right there, you find out that, hey, if those grades weren't right, you couldn't play. Either your mama wasn't going to let you play or the coaches, you know, you couldn't play. That right there, those values right there started to, to really, really mean something. You, we have... A lot of our kids right now, they don't have any values. They, they don't, you know, we have a lot of kids looking for love in all the wrong places. Even they'll go <laughs> looking for love in all of the wrong places without that true connection to the true source. And, and that's, I mean, we have, we're living in a materialistic time right now where what you see is really what a lot of people think is what they're going to get, where in reality, they're being sold false dreams and false hopes. Uh, Mama used to always say, son, that grass would have looked green. But it ain't always what it looked like once you get up on it. Or my mama, her favorite saying was, some of that milk ain't clean. That, that, was, that was her favorite one right there. Some of that milk ain't clean. You know, it's funny that you that you say that because I, I just got a, a question off the Internet. We have a, a listener listening in that just um, emailed me. And um, I was telling them the topic for tonight's show is, do you know your history? Right. And when I told you that just the other day, the very first thing that you said was beginning, the beginning. Yeah. You went straight to the beginning. And I think that's something that people need to know, uh, the beginning. It all starts at the beginning, Genesis. It all starts at the beginning of your life. And yeah. the question that the young lady uh, is posed to me, she said, please ask him, and she was telling me, I was texting, we were typing back and forth, and she was telling me uh, how she used to be kind of loose. She kind of used to be out there in the world, and, and she kind of got that reputation, and she's still in the same town that she grew up in. And now she's in the church, but the people don't respect her. She still hear things, and things are still being said, but that's not her anymore. How can she get over that? Well, first off, I, I can't answer that question without giving a reason why I can answer that question. Uh, DJ, for over 25 years in the streets, fresh out of the projects over in Quincy and Gadsden County, um, married for 25 years, four kids, uh, two in prison, uh, one in the grave, uh, uh, cocaine use for over 25 years, uh, severe alcoholic for that same length of time. But I made up my mind one day that I knew God had a calling on my life. And in order for me to be the man that God had called me to be, I had to put away those childish things. Now, what you have to do also is, it comes down to one thing, is a choice. My choice was, or is today, that I live for God. See, I, as much as I love my wife, as much as I love my kids, as much as I love my ministry, as much as I love my mom, I can do nothing for them unless I stay rooted and grounded to the source, regardless of what people say. Jesus told us, say, look here, 
they're going to hate you. But it's not so much about you that they're going to hate. It's the me in you that they're going to see is the reason why they're going to hate you. So to this young lady that, that you're communicating with right now, if you want to know how do you know when you're in the right relationship with God through the manifestation, they're always speaking. People think about it. When you're out there in the world and you're doing what everybody else does and they're enjoying themselves and they're watching you and I, you ain't got no problem. The boys told me when I came out of the world and started to really live for Christ, the boys say, well, you ain't down with us no more. Hallelujah. Thank God. You're right. I'm not down with y'all anymore. I'm up with Christ now. And that's a blessing to me. That's why I'm still alive now. So tell that young lady to continue to press on. <laughs> she hears you. She hears you. She's listening. She hears you. All right. You know, I was thinking about what you were saying. Uh, awesome, man. You know, that's something that I've heard a lot when people say, you know, you know, you'll know when you're doing something right when all the people, all the people that are negative in your life, oh, yeah. start saying, "Hey, man, you ain't down with us no more." Yeah. You know, and I actually experienced that myself, so I know, you know, I know exactly what you're saying firsthand. Yeah. You know, what? Let me ask you. You know, what? What was the catalyst for you? What was the turning point for you when you decided to change your life? Because you know, there's somebody out there right now that's hurting. They may be crying. They may be going through something, you know, and they're looking for a way out of that situation, you know, and they want to hear from somebody that's been through it. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love this question right here. The real catalyst was this right here. Check this out. Now. The real catalyst was when I first came out of the world that after I had been baptized again, I was baptized when I was little, but after I came back, I went back in the water again, and after I came back. And I really still thought that I could straddle the fence. I thought, listen to what I'm going to say. I really thought I could serve God and continue to do some of the things that I was doing before, i.e., even still hit a line or two on the side, yeah, take a drink or two. But, I have a pastor. My pastor's name is Bishop Terry Fitzgerald. That's on the Faith Apostolic Christian Tabernacle. Uh, we're out on Highway 27. I had a pastor one day, and he told me, he said, let me tell you something. If you think you're going to be able to get in the pulpit and preach this gospel and wing it, you got another thing coming. <laughs> and as I continued to study and to be before people, I was teaching the Sunday school and occasionally, I would get a chance to speak in church. The, the essence, the Holy Spirit wasn't there. I would find myself before people void and lost. I would find myself just there. And if anybody out there has ever been in this position and you know when you, you're professing that you're walking in the oneness and the rightness with Christ and you get put out there and you find yourself in the, where you're not where you think you are, you know what I'm talking about. That was a feeling that I never, ever wanted to feel again. I started rooting myself in the Word. I started praying. I started fasting. I started studying. I started getting into the Word so that I made sure when I opened my mouth, it was not Lamar Thomas coming out. I had to die. I had to kill all of that selfishness, all of that stuff about me that made me Lamar Thomas. All that had to die because as long as I had that mindset and as long as I thought and I lived that way, God couldn't dwell. God couldn't operate in my life. But once I did that, once I died to Lamar Thomas, then and only did that, that God started to come in. And, man, I'm telling you, you know, as you said earlier, man, I was really enjoying you guys introducing me. I, yeah, y'all could have kept going with that. But, <laughs> you know, I, you know it, I just really gained strength from that, man, because I knew through the manifestations of God that I was being transformed. I was no longer the, the, the old person that I used to be. Things that used to make me mad, things that I used to see and would lust after, man, they, they didn't mean anything. I see people now when I'm out. I drive a cab for a minute. When I'm out now and I see people, young ladies walking down the street with two or three children or elders on a walker on. People, uh, the, 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 the transients, it touches me to my heart. And I called my pastor one day and I said, Pastor, why does this 
bother me. So why does this hurt so deep? And he told me, he said, that's what happens. The closer you get to God, you start to feel what God feels. That's that oneness. That's that connection. That's that. That's you being connected to the true source. And mm-hmm. and that 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 inside of me is what gives me that zeal to know that it's not about me, but it's about Christ, God Almighty, that lives in me. And that's you know you, you talked about your past and you said some things that you had to overcome. And uh, you talked about the drug use and the drinking. Yeah. Well, let's be honest here. Yeah. You're not supposed to be here now. You're supposed to be dead and gone a long time ago. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people don't really realize how tough and how close you are to death when you're out there in the world like that. Right. But somebody else had plans. Ah. <laughs> they had plans, and, and I'm saying this, and I'm also saying this to the people out there that, that if you're struggling and you're going through something, hold on. You'll come out of that because there's better plans for you. You're listening to a living example right now. And, my, and I'm not even going to ask you about the times when you were out and doing the things that you knew that you shouldn't be doing, that you should have been dead, and if it was somebody else out there doing that, that they probably are dead right now. Yeah. But you're still here. Why do you well, think? He, why do you think he kept you? I had a praying mother. I had a praying mother that knew the calling that God had on my life, and she never gave up. I cannot remember not one day or one time my mama ever told me you need to stop drinking, you need to stop chasing the women, you need to stop. Now my aunt, <laughs> my aunt down in Beverly. She used to fuss at me all the time about being in the club. Why you need to get out of the club and go home to your wife? But uh, I had a friend uh, that passed back in early November. Uh, this was my road dog. We do some parties. We were um, friends. That's the best way to describe us. We were friends. And I've had a few other people that grew up. I grew up with over the last couple of years that have died. And when you start to see people that you grew up with, people that you knew, people that you wallowed and seen with start to pass on and knowing the lifestyle that many of us still live in and never really got that real relationship going with Christ, man, that's a wake-up call. That, that, that right there is a wake-up call. I'm, I'm at a point in my life right now where I don't take anything for granted. Nothing. Any and every opportunity I get to speak a word and be used by Christ, that's exactly what I do. Tomorrow is not promised to me. It's not. And this opportunity that you all are giving me right now, I don't really know God's real purpose here, but I'm thankful. I'm very thankful that I'm alive and able to be a witness to somebody tonight, to be a light to somebody, and let them know that regardless of your past, your circumstances, whatever you're going through now, God is able. Amen. Amen. You know, the, I, when I asked you earlier about, you know, what was your turning point, you know, I, I didn't I didn't expect to get that kind of answer, you know. I expected really to get like, well, you know, I just came to a point in my life where I thought I would, you know, had to do the right thing and so forth. You know, because that's sort of like that canned answer, and that's why – Earlier when I told our listeners that, you know, this man is real, he's candid, he tells the truth, you know, and he puts it in a way that, you know, that makes it seem where where it is real for you. You know, but one of my questions is, you know, when the experience you talked about with your friend, the one that just recently passed, you know, that's something, see, for me, that's a wake-up call. You know, that's that call that says, now you, you know, that to me that seems like God is saying, you know, I had to show you this yeah, to show you that, you know, it's time for you to get on on board. Yeah. You know, and, you know, for our listeners, you know, I want to say don't wait. Don't wait that long. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times you'll see the signs coming in. Oh, yeah. 
you know, he'll send them to you. He'll, he'll let you know when he's on his way, yeah. you know. And he'll let you know when you're in the way. <laughs> you know, but my my next question for you is, is really geared towards our younger youth, our youth and our young parents. You know, because I've seen, you know, especially in the black community, and I'm not saying it's exclusively in the black community because it's all over, you know, but in the black community because that's where I live and that's why, you know, I hang out, so to speak. You know, I've noticed that we've had just a tremendous amount of young mothers and, you know, and also young fathers, believe it or not, that, you know, we have these young men that are trying to stick it in there. You know, most of them still living at home with mama, but they want to be good parents. You know, we have these young mothers that don't really know how to be mothers because maybe their mother was a young parent and maybe their mother didn't do the best job or their father didn't do the best job of raising them, and so now they're stuck with a child, and they don't know what to do. Well, I met a young lady today. Um, she was in my cab, and she had two kids, and uh, one looked like maybe about six, eight months old, and the other one looked like maybe two years old. And uh, I never really opened my mouth uh, without seeking God first, and I asked him for a word. If there was a word of edification and encouragement for me to give to her, to if he would, to allow me to do that. And what God gave me for that young lady was this. Um, she was about 20 years old, and she was on the phone. She was talking to somebody, and I could hear in her voice discouragement. And what God gave me to tell her was, don't be discouraged. Your life is just beginning. You you may seem as if you're at the end of your road right now, but your life is just beginning. In a little bit, your kids are going to be gone, and all of this you've experienced now will be your foundation. See, all of us have a foundation. For years, I tried to run from mine. For years, when I, when I came out of the world, I would not allow what I experienced in the nightclub, what I experienced, uh, with the drinking and everything, I would not allow that to be my foundation. But we have to know and understand that God has a purpose for everything. A lot of our young people right now, they don't seem to really understand that it's the hand of God. It's the will of God all throughout this country right now. See, there's nothing new going on right now. But you, you ask the question about, you know, we talked about the, the young people uh, not having that kind of discipline. That, that simply comes from the fact that we don't have people really teaching anymore. And, you know, I, I want to say this, and I don't, I don't, I have to say it and be honest, it's, it's so much selfishness. There's so much selfishness out there right now. You, we, heard, we hear it all the time where the phrase is what? I got to get me me. I got to get me me. It, it, where everybody else, from our young people to our babies, are put to the side. You better learn like I learned. You're going to get your own. And that's the wrong attitude to have. We were at one time were a people that came together regardless of it. If someone down the road passed, that person, that family did not have to worry about anything. The community came together. We're at a point now where we don't even know our neighbors. We lived by people for 20 years and never know. There was a time when Living next door to somebody, you knew who was in your community. We don't know. We, you know, there are certain traditions I will admit that I don't like, but fellowship is one that I love. I, I mean, I go in the stores and I open up my mouth and I talk to anybody because I'm trying to create that cordonite. I'm trying to create that friendship, that fellowship, to be that good steward that God has called us to be. We don't do that anymore. If you speak to some people now, what are you speaking to me for? Who are you? I don't know you. But that's not the way he called us to be. And if we want to get that oneness, starting from our young people, all the way up to our again, the first thing we have to do is we have to die to self. We have to, we have to open up and start being what God has called us to be. Amen? Amen, amen. Now, at this time, I want to uh, tell everybody about a grant proposal training course 
that's going to be held on February 21st at the Rock Ministry International in Tallahassee, Florida. And it's going to be held from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And it's a all-day training, well, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And it's going to be really, really, really good. And it's going to be held by Keithan Mathis, who is a grant proposal writing consultant. And if you want more information on that, you can contact Mr. Keithan Mathis at 850-321-5640. That's 850-321-5640. You know, and I wanted to uh, talk about that, to talk about, you know, a lot of people right now are dealing with problems in their businesses, you know, um, they're dealing with financial difficulties trying to start the business, financial difficulties trying to keep their business afloat. You know, and given the current economic climate, things don't look too promising right now in the near future. You know, what kind of encouragement would you give them? Well, you know me. I'm going to the Word. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> in my studies, um, and I'll encourage everyone right now to go ahead and make note if you don't have your Bible. Let's go to St. Matthew. Go, go to start in Matthew. And in Matthew, it starts out with the genealogy of Jesus. Now, somebody asks, well, he asks you about the economy and what can we do in regards to that right there. And you're talking about it. Go to St. Matthew, the genealogy of, genealogy of Jesus. What that got to do with it? My sisters and brothers, that has everything to do with it. Because if you understand the word, and you understand after Jesus ascended, the day of Pentecost came about, at that time right there, if you can use your imagination and see a, a, a rock, a boulder being thrown into a body of water, the ripple effect that came from that implosion has yet to cease throughout our existence. On that day, on that day of Pentecost, everything changed. You didn't have to kill doves. You didn't have to kill bulls and all of that right there for sacrifice. Now, if you're trying to figure out where I'm going with this, where I'm going with this is here. Our true source is in the vine. The vine is Jesus Christ. Nothing, nothing, there's nothing going on out there now that has not happened before. When Elijah prayed that the heavens be shut up, and it stopped raining. All of this right here, there's nothing There's nothing new going on in the land right now. People had to learn and go through, had to suffer. See, a lot of folks don't want to suffer no more. We have, many of us get in our comfort zones, and we will not move. So what that means is God has to come through every now and then and tell us some stuff. He has to move some stuff. There's a date that I, and many of us remember now, we call it 9-11. A lot of folks like to distance themselves from 9-11 because it was such a tragic day. But I'm here to let, let you know that I embraced 9-11. I embraced that day for a simple fact that it was like another rock being thrown in that pond again. On 9-11, there was a ripple effect that set throughout the country with everybody, white, black, Puerto Rican, everybody was as one. And if you look at what's going on right now, what, in the news this morning again, we had another couple out in California somewhere. Father killed his whole family. Why? He said he lost his job and his wife lost his job. If, if that's your source, if money and materialism is your source, then I, I, I really encourage you to search the true vine because that stuff is not going to keep you. If you're looking at this big word that they use all the time now, they're burning it up, stimulus. If you're in a corner somewhere right now and you're waiting on a stimulus package, you may come up short. The key thing for us right now is with this right here, with the genealogy of Jesus, it takes us into a new time and a new era. It gives us a source. You know, we talk about how some of the products out there, uh, who is it, Maytag. You remember the Maytag man? The Maytag man was always just standing around with nothing to do. Why? Because Maytag said that their products were built so well that they never broke down. What I'm saying is you need to get something that you can really depend on. And I don't know nothing else that's going on in the land that I can really depend on right now but Jesus. And when you read from 
the genealogy from Matthew all the way over to where Paul is dealing with the Corinthians and everybody else. Paul is letting everybody know there that there's a change coming. We don't have to do things the way we used to, that we can just trust and believe. That's what he said. That's what he said in Psalm 37. Isn't it not? And he said, if you trust and believe, it will be the very desire of your heart. And a lot of people don't believe that, simply because a lot of people aren't being taught that. The Bible once again tells them that we suffer from lack of knowledge. Even the children of Israel, once they came out of Israel, right as soon as they were out of there, they were mumbling and complaining. Mm. Now is the time for us to get in that oneness with Christ, to find a true source, a true vine that we can latch on to and just have faith in. Mm, 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 mm. Wow. <laughs> That's powerful. You know, so so many of us are have adopted the ways of the world. Yeah. And you don't really want to knock the guy that killed his family, but you you can't help but ask the question could you not find another job? And we see so many we see so many people hurting others because of something they think is for the the bad for them. You know, bad things are happening to them. Who knows if this guy lost his job? He may not have got a, another job paying more money. Okay. You know, we we don't know that. But like you said, that's his source, and that's what he went with. Now, what, what, what I, what, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. What? No, what I was saying, this economy, the way it is right now, everybody, you know, they're watching it on television, whether it's affecting you or not, if you're watching it, at some point it's going to start affecting you. You know, what do you think people should do to try to stay on that negative, I mean, on the positive path and stay off of the negative path so that they can continue and strengthen their faith and believe and, and, and live a happy life, not so much worried about what the world and society is saying. Well, let's go to Matthew 7. And this may be a hard pill for some of those to swallow, but in Matthew 7 to 14 it says, Enter ye in the, at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in threat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto the life, and few there be that find it. That's, that's simply telling us right there that the ways of the world ain't going to come. See, I, I, I have to be honest when I tell you this right here. I don't understand everything, but I see and I believe in what God is doing. God has to come in and stir some things. We, we are surprised for people. God tells us in his word that we should have known God before him. And many of us, many of us, we will work six, seven days a week and struggle and choose not to spend five, six hours a day or one day in church. That five, six hours that you're in church is the hardest thing in the world for you to do. What does that translate into? Well, your job is in front of him. And what does he say? He's a jealous God. Now, I mean, I know myself. I, I push myself to be the church on time. If I can be to my job on time, if I can pay my bills on time, if I can, you know, keep my wife and, you know, the relationship there, do that on time, surely, surely I can be on time for God's services. Surely I can every now and then or throughout, my, throughout the day pray and keep God first in that something. But we don't have that mindset. This is we we see the world. It looked good now. It, it looked good if that's the kind of mindset you have, and if you believe what the world is offering. <laughs> <We're> dealing, <laughs> I mean, we're dealing we're dealing with the likes of, uh, and I don't mean you know in in no ill way. Some of the artists that are out there right now, marketing is such a key tool to what they do. How else? I mean, if you look at some of our, our young people out there. Marketing in the entertainment business is so successful that you, when they come out within a week's time, that album or that artist has pretty much hit its potential in a week's time. 
life if we could do that with the word of God? Mm. Huh? Wow. Why, why haven't we been, we been able to do that with the word of God? You, you're talking about the, the, the number one best-selling book of all time. Why we can't get it to hit like that and move like that right now? So you know, uh, it doesn't have that bling. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was going to say, you know, I think it's, it's really because most people just look at it as being another book. And they don't look at it as being real life, you know, occurrences. I remember, you know, I, I have a coworker, and he always talks about, you know, he said, well, you know, I, I know you believe in Jesus and all that. And that's all well and good, you know, but, you know, anybody could have wrote that book. <laughs> You know, and, and so when you hear people say that, you know, they don't really have, they they believe it's just like any other book, like anybody can write a book, you know, sort of like when uh, the guy L. Ron Hubbard wrote the book, yeah. and, and now they follow that book with Scientology. You know, that's, that's really what people think about when they think about the Holy Bible. They think, okay, that's just another religion that somebody started up to control people. You know, and they never look at it being as, you know, Jesus lived, it was a living, you know, and breathing book that, you know, these were just accounts of, that, of the words that had come out of his own mouth, you know, and these were words that God had spoken, and these were occurrences that had really occurred. They look at it as being, okay, well, you know, yeah, sure, somebody walked on water, maybe there was some ice there, you know, but I guess my question is, is it really a question of faith that they have or or you know, is it just because they're so used to the world, they can touch the world, they can see the world, they can smell the world, you know, that they believe in what the world gives them versus what the Word gives them. Right. Well, over in, in uh, the book of James, in James' uh, first chapter, fifth verse, it reads, If any of you like wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally, and unbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Let me say that again. Nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Once again, as I said earlier, many of us know we know the truth. Matter of fact, we talk about it all the time. We did incidents or situations, and the first thing we'll say, man, something told me don't go over there. Man, something told me not to say that. Man, something told me don't eat that. Man, something told me. Something told me. Well, that something is the gift. As I told you earlier, we're going back to the day of Pentecost. See, when Jesus ascended, that, that was the, the cataclysmic encounter of them all right there. The gift was given to us, the gift of the Holy Spirit. All of us have it. It may be dormant in a lot of our lives, but we, we, we acknowledge it all the time. Simplify, as I just said, man, that's something. But, see, we, we don't want to embrace the gift. Oh, hallelujah. Think about it. It has been given to each and every last one of salvation, but we won't embrace it, just like you just said about the brother. That's his choice. Each and every one of us, every day, we make a choice to live in sin. Some people look at it and don't want to believe that it's that simple. But I'm here as a living witness tonight to let you know it is just that simple. You have a choice. When you, if you're smoking weed, that's your choice. If you live a life, that's your choice. If you're cursing people out, that's your choice. If you're loving your neighbors, that's your choice. But to that brother that you're talking about, it's his choice to open his mouth and say that right there. But I assure you, deep down in his heart, deep down in his heart, in his heart he knows. He knows, he knows that there is something far greater than just his little opinion. <laughs> I like the way you put that. <laughs> that's good stuff. I, I can't even stop smiling. That was so good. <laughs> yeah, goodness. Yes, well, you know, I'm going to just be honest. I did cut that right there a little short. I, I, I had something else I wanted to go on that one right there, but I, I cut you have I to pull back. You have pull to pull back. back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. but where, where I was going, and I salvation, and I stopped right there. See, what you're putting on, la on the line 
with your pride and your selfishness is your own salvation. And not only your salvation, if you have kids and you have a family and you're, and you're a male, you're the head of that family. And if, if you're not lining up, then a lot of times your family's not lining up. And guess what? God's going to hold you responsible. Amen? Amen. <laughs> you know, it's an important thing you said about that, about man being ahead. You know, what I've experienced in the last couple of years is that, you know, Greg and I used to coach football. Right. And in coaching football, of course, you're dealing with a lot of young males, and they have these, you know, issues with their attitudes a lot of times. A lot yeah. of times they're kind of timid. And, uh, you know, the one thing that, I know Greg probably uh, will agree with me on this. The one thing that we saw more than anything is that there were very few fathers coming out to the football field, bringing their kids to the football field. You know, we had a lot of mothers, a lot of grandmothers, you know, a lot of aunts, you know, but very few fathers. And when these kids would get into stuff, the parents would say, hey, will you talk to them for me? Will you talk to them for me? You know, but it was very rare that one of the men would come up and say, hey, you know, talk to my son. Yeah. You know, what does that say about the state of man when, you know, that they're not involved in these children's lives so much that you have to ask pretty much a complete stranger to help you straighten out your child? That goes all the way back to the beginning. Once again, when when, when Adam fell, all mankind fail. And what I love about it is Jesus, God goes on to talk about how, you know, there was, uh, when Jesus was going to be born, when Jesus came into the land, that his, that his heel was going to destroy Satan. The very heel of his foot was going to destroy Satan. What, what, what we're at right now is we're at this pinnacle point right now of the restoration of man. I had an opportunity Last year, I did a sound for uh, uh, Greg James and the Reclaiming the Land concert uh, or uh, Reclaiming the Land crusade over in Quincy last year. And the one thing that Greg said, he talked about how he was never supposed to get out of prison. You know, his life sentence and everything was it. That's just it, life. You know, before he knew, he would never be out here again. And believe it or not, a lot of men right now, whether they're in prison or not, are living a life sentence to sin. A lot of them simply because they don't want to step up to the plate and take their responsibility. A lot of them lack of knowledge. A lot of them selfishness. But I'm here as a living witness tonight once again to let you know that God has a plan. If you don't know it, you don't see it, you don't understand it, God has a plan. If you look at the children of Israel, if you look all throughout the lineage and, and all throughout the Bible, there's stories after stories after stories where men, look at the 12. The 12 that Jesus picked were unlearned men. Some of them were learned. But these, these 12 were hand-selected by Jesus. Not all of them were say what we would call righteous men. Uh, let's take um, uh, let's take Peter for instance. Peter was just a fisherman, but Jesus took him, molded him, and used him. A lot of these brothers right now are lost. They feel like ain't nothing going on in their lives, but God has a plan, and He has a day, and He has a time when the restoration of the man. The Book of Revelation talks about this: when man shall be returned to his place, his righteousness, and 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 in the kingdom of God. So a lot of this stuff that we say, you may be wondering why it's happening. God will. There's a purpose behind it. Now, I don't know about you, but I see a lot of these brothers, and some of them are some of the most talented people you would ever want to meet. They have gifts beyond your wildest dreams, and they won't do anything with it. And I can start with myself. I got caught up in the world, and a lot of things that I knew I couldn't do, I didn't care about that. What I wanted to do was what Lamar wanted to do. But there's a day and a season coming when God is going to restore his men to the rightful place. 
So so you haven't given up on your dreams? No. Man, I'm living a dream right now. I did I did radio I did radio in the late eighties up at uh eight forty AM with uh Mr. Moses Ross. I think I was up there with him for about three, four years. And I I love radio. I, I mean I love uh the entertainment business. I love you know, I love being there. But I didn't know my purpose. I didn't know the potential of God's will in that. See, what happens is we let self get in the way. Come on, man. You know, the first time you start driving, the first thing you thought you could do was go anywhere you wanted to go. Do anything you want to do, stay out as long as you want to, you have no responsibility. That's not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to eventually pull that thing over and put some gas in it, and if it ain't yours, you got to eventually answer to somebody. This life we live in is not ours. This is not ours. God has a purpose in your life, whether you want to believe it or not. And eventually, he's going to come a calling. Amen? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, so now that you're out there and you're, and you're, you're following your dreams and you're doing things, I guess you see this world totally different from how you used to see it. Totally different. Totally different to a point where I'm so happy that I live to see a black man go to one of the most powerful positions in the country, in the world. See, if somebody, if, if, see a lot of folks, the boys say, man, you got to show me. Well, for those that don't want to just necessarily believe his hand is moving, God, God sees it so many different ways that we won't be humble enough to see the salvation of the Lord. We'll say, oh, man, that that, that just happened. Ain't, ain't, ain't nothing with it. If you want to believe that it was just because we got out there and voted, if you don't want to believe that the salvation of the Lord and his word is coming to pass, then that's your choice once again. But on this day, me and my house, we're going to choose to serve the Lord. We're going to choose to believe in the Lord. We're going to choose to walk in the Lord's steps, we're going to continue to let his glory and his will be done in our lives. Amen? That's it. That's, That's it. it. That's it. That is it right there. And, Brian, let me let me give out uh, Elizabeth uh, Atkins' information one more time. Again, if, you, if you're looking to write a book, if you want to make some extra money, if you want to boost your business, if you need speaking engagement, if you're just looking to attract media attention, Elizabeth Atkins is the person that you need to call. She can help you write your book. She can uh, coach you on writing the book. And if you can't write the book, she'll write the book for you. She can be your ghostwriter. All you have to do is go to her website, www.elizabethatkins, that's A-T-K-I-N-S dot com. And her phone number is 313-492-5718. Okay, Brian. Also, I want to give out the uh, information on the grant training. That's the grant training, helping you make money for your program. And this is with Keith and Mathis. He's a grant proposal writing consultant, and he's going to have a training here in Tallahassee at the Rock Ministry International, which is 2600A Appalachian Parkway on February 21st uh, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And for more information, you can contact Mr. Mathis at 850-321-5640. That is Keith and Mathis, 321-5640. And, Brian, let me say this about Keith. Uh, Keith will come to you if you want him to do a seminar or workshop, because, Brian, there's a lot of money out there uh, that people don't know anything about. There's a lot of us out there that can start our own businesses and get money. Uh, just like our guest tonight, if that's something that he would like to do, Mr. Mathis can help him uh, get back on, you know, get back into the radio industry. If maybe even get his own radio station. Absolutely. You just, you just never know. I mean, he Keaton is good. He's been around for a while. He's been writing grants for a while, and he can put this together. He can really put this together for you, um, Brian. We we need to get Mr. Thomas information, Reverend Thomas. We need your information. Uh, in case someone wants to get in contact with you for speaking engagements or if they want to get in contact with you for whatever reason, do you, yeah. can you give that information out to them? Yeah, 
Uh, the email is um, Cassie, C-A-S-S-I-E, at, well, it's Cassie, 726, C-A-S-S-I-E, 726, at yahoo.com. Okay. And uh, we're always available. You know, that's that's my pet peeve right there. It's my outreach ministry to be able to provide quality PA all throughout the uh, the area for folks. Uh, uh, it's not about the money for me. It's about, uh, as my ministry is loved by Jesus, LBJ, amplifying the word of God from John 3.16. says, Jesus, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And my whole point in my ministry is to let people know that God loves you. Now, many people out there may be high, drunk right now, thinking that don't nobody love them. I'm a living witness tonight to let you know that God loves you. And what about the, the, the your equipment that you have, the sounding? Uh, Brian and I were talking with a lady just the other day, and she was looking for someone to help her with her, her sounding and the microphones and, and, and this type of stuff. Maybe Brian can probably tell you a little bit better than I can. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that we had a, a lady, um, and she's looking to uh, for some PA equipment. She's hosting a conference, and yeah. she was looking for some, you know, different prices on PA equipment, and she asked... Um, I have a spot on Craigslist. I think it's under the, uh, electronics, and I basically break that down. Uh, da, 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 da. It's uh, Love by Jesus. It's an outreach ministry designed to provide quality professional audio for the inspiration events, i.e. church functions, reunions, weddings. LBJ's mission is to amplify the word of God for his glory. Uh, give us a call. Let's discuss your vision and go forward according to God's will so that we may be able to glorify and bless the kingdom of God. So uh, you just, you know, reach me at that web address. Uh, just go on Craigslist, and uh, we have some information on there also. Okay. And that's Craigslist of Tallahassee, is that correct? Yes, yes. All right. Yeah. So I'd be more than glad to help him, man. I mean, that's what it's all about for me, is amplifying the word of God. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and that's, uh, you know, it's important that we help each other, even, you know, throughout our businesses. That's, you know, it's very important that you find good quality business people to yeah. deal with, you know, because not everybody is the, you know, most sound business type mind. Or, <laughs> you know, you can't always trust people that, you ha- that you're in business with, you know. Yeah, I ain't going to say that on that right now. I just let it. <laughs> Leave it to Brian. Brian's going to put it out there. Oh, I, look, I'm just saying what I'm saying, you know. <laughs> well, let me let me throw this in there on that right now. I, you know, I, like I said, I, I mean, I DJ for over 25, 30 years. I, you know, I'm DJ for everybody. And I remember when I used to do house parties. One of the main things I would get mad about was this right here. You go to a house party, y'all know this truth. They got $500 worth of food, beer, and liquor, and want to get a DJ $50. Mhm. <laughs> don't get me started on that right there. <laughs> or they want you to DJ for free. For oh, free. There you go. And I when it's time for you to go, nobody wants to help you put the stuff up. <laughs> you can Man. tell I know some DJs, right? It was worse than that. They didn't want to pay you. Mm-hmm. They want to help you move your equipment. They didn't want to pay you. Or they'll say, let me give it to you tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> I'm at a point now where, you know, um, uh, I, I don't really worry about that right now. When I go and I do functions there and I see people praising God and I see the word going forth, you know, I, that, that's it for me right now, man. I, 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 I love it. When, when, I, when I am in an atmosphere where God is being glorified, because, see, I can be out of here any time. Any time, any time, the death angel could swoop me up out of here. So that's why I know and I try and stay in that oneness with Christ. You know, I tell people all the time, you can go out there and you can buy the best refrigerator, you can buy the best TV on the market, but if you don't have a true source to plug it into, you ain't got nothing. I thank God for the source that I plugged into. Huh? Look at that. What do they call it, 120 or 220, whichever one? I don't think I know it get it all. Oh, okay. my, my little battery still full. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, we thank you for coming on the show. And as always, you're always welcome to come back and visit with us. And we thank all of our listeners for joining us tonight. 
You know, I think it was a great show, very informative, got a lot of information out. Please come join us again on Monday night at 9 p.m. where we'll have another great show. It'll be called Finding Power and Potential. That being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you, good evening, and God bless you.